Welcome to the Skyda Softball Podcast. Your host, Matt Scott, will be interviewing players from past events and future events. And now, your host, Matt Scott. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for another episode of the Sky to Softball Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Scott, and on the 11th episode of this podcast, we are talking with former Gamecock football player and Beaufort High School football standout, Noah Vincent. Noah, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me, man. Let's, glad to have you this year. So let's get into, you know, the, the nitty-gritty. You had you had an interesting way of you know going into college sports. You were a walk on um, a walk on at the University of South Carolina for the football program, and so the recruiting process, I'm sure, was probably a little different. And my question being, what was that recruitment process like for you and for those listening at home? What would your advice be? for those who might be starting their own recruitment process. So my recruitment process was definitely really different than most, I would say, because in my 11th grade year, I was kind of so-so about wanting to play college football. I've heard people tell me that I was good enough to play somewhere, but I wasn't sure if it was meant for me to do it. And it took a while for me to figure that out. And then, so I got a late start to the recruiting and stuff. So then my 11th grade summer is when I figured it out. And uh, 11th grade summer going into senior year, figured it out that I wanted to do football. And um, that's when I started going to camps, sending my film out, all things like that. And it was just kind of a late start. Everybody pretty much had their guys at the Division One level that they were going to recruit. Um, D2 guys, I mean, D2 schools didn't seem to be recruiting really hard at the time. Um, so it was just weird at the beginning. And then my senior year went by, I got a couple, got a couple coaches come in and talk to me and stuff like that as the season went on and things like that. And then, um, after the season was over is when it started to pick up after my senior year, got my full highlights in, sent them to all the coaches and all the things. And it started to pick up and, uh, got a couple offers, uh, division two, good bit of division two couple of FCS, couple of uh, walk-on potential options at lower FBS group of fives. And um, then South Carolina ended up coming in with the per walk-on, and I found it to be a perfect match. You know, great school, in my opinion, and um, good education. Get the, get the opportunity to experience the Division One level and something I dreamed about for my whole life. And uh, so I just jumped on it, figured out that's what I wanted to do. And, um, yeah, here we are now. But uh, as far as advice goes, I would just say to figure it out early, kind of. I, I say my late start kind of hurt in a way, but ended up working out in the end. Figure it out early. Go to camps. Send your film out. Don't be afraid to be um, – to push your agenda of wanting to play college football so the coaches don't be aggravating, but – Definitely don't be afraid to send your film out there. Get yourself out there, you know. Talk to the coaches at camps. Try to do everything in your power to get them to notice you. Um, social media-wise, like, 
make sure your social media is all clean. Um, make sure you're going to class, things like that. GPA or GPA really is important. Um, I would say Twitter. If you have Twitter, don't be afraid to DM coaches and things like that. Um, yeah, pretty much just don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Yeah, I think one other thing to kind of add on to the, the point about, you know, social media, you know, I, I've heard a lot about this and, you know, some of the previous, you know, some of the previous episodes we've heard, I've heard guests say, always be careful about what you post as well, because that can always come back and bite you in the uh, rear end. Yeah, for sure. I've always been the guy that who um, hasn't always been big in the social media, but I mean, I'm on it. I'm on pretty much all of them. I'm, I'm, uh, I wouldn't say that any of my social media comes off as um, negative in any way, really. I've never really posted anything. I think that's probably what uh, coaches look at as far as social media. Are you posting negative things? Are you posting things that look make their program look bad if you start to go there? There's things like that. And I was like, I, I mean, I like to think that my social media was pretty clean. I don't. I, I really don't even really post that much, honestly. So it's hard not to be. Yeah, I got it. That makes sense. And, you know, talking about, you know, when South Carolina gave you the walk-on offer, what, what was what were some of the things that kind of, like, caught your attention when it was South Carolina, aside from it being, you know, Division One level? Like, what, what were some of the things that caught your attention? Uh, I'd like to start that off by saying I was first a Clemson fan. So my whole life, I grew up Clemson fan. Every every uh, year, we try to go to at least one game in Clemson. So when South Carolina became an option, it was really weird. It was hard to to get my mindset focused on like that's a potential option of me going to school for the next however many years I was going to go to school and uh, play there and wear the garment in black. That was really weird and hard to get used to. And what the we're, and um when it came to the opportunity presenting itself, I, I just really loved how it was a uh, division one SEC highest level. If I was going to um, play somewhere I'd, in the division one, it, it was definitely my dream to play at the SEC level if it wasn't Clemson. So that was what stood out to me. And then the facilities, I mean, I got, I got to go on a recruiting visit, um, couple game day visits and the recruiting visit in January of my senior year. And they just kind of showed me around. The, the facilities stood out to me up, above all the other places I've been and um, how the players were treated and all these things uh, really stood out to me. Um, I'm a big food guy. And there was a plethora of food options when I went on the visit. So that was really a, seller for me they had uh tons of snacks and all all the stuff i liked and uh they were cooking philly cheesesteaks downstairs when i went so i mean one of my favorite sandwiches and i saw that and i was like yeah i gotta come here i gotta be eating philly cheesesteaks on the regular <laughs> yeah that's you know being a philly cheesesteak person myself that sounds like you know a match made in heaven yeah and so you know you got to play under coach will muschamp what was what was the experience like playing for Coach Muschamp? Because a lot of – I always heard a lot of fans just kind of criticize what, you know, he was doing at South Carolina, but then, yeah, there's always a second side to things of it. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm not going to get on here and bash anybody for any reason. Yes. Yeah. No, no, I know. I know that's not where you're going with that. But I was just saying, like, it started off with that. I'm not going to talk negatively to anyone or about anyone. But, I mean, it was definitely an intense experience. I mean, he ran a tight ship, old school style. Um, kind of tried to model it. He uh, kind of tried to model it after what Alabama does and how they run things and how Nick Saban does things and stuff like that. It was uh, tough, really, mentally and physically. He was hard-nosed, wanted to be doing something football-related all the time. He was definitely a big football guy. He, um, his defense was very complex. Uh, it took me a while to really learn that and dive deep into the small details and the, and the um, more complicated parts of that. And um, I would say that I ended up getting it towards – probably middle of my second year that's how long it really took me to get a full grasp of what the defense was like and um yeah so it was tough I mean he didn't expect anything less than giving it your all at football every day nothing outside was nothing no outside distractions were accepted nothing like that he wanted you to be locked in playing football all the time and um I think that what really was the big problem and not really winning as much and his and the downfall of all that was maybe not having the tightest family aspect in his culture that it could have been. Um, no disrespect to him or anything, but like there was just kind of a individuality that was among the team that didn't really um promote family or playing for each other or anything and um I feel like that was really a negative part towards that it's all I'm going to about that and um yeah so playing for him was definitely a good a great experience to get to know what goes on in the head of a defensive genius guru or whatever they say but um I got to play with some great coaches for some great coaches um that uh, did some really – had some – a really good knowledge of the game. And um, I was lucky enough to be under three – two different position coaches. And during the transition, Coach Muchtemp actually was our inside linebackers coach between our first position – my first position coach and my second position coach. So that was also interesting to see how he looked at linebacker things and um, see how he did the – went through the drills and taught us things that I didn't get to learn for through the first position coach and uh, to see what a, what he was like in a, in that setting and learn from him. That was really cool. So overall, it was an interesting experience, but I, um, so I'd, I'd say that. Yeah. Yeah. I think one, you know, just talking about the atmosphere, just the, this is probably the simplest way for me to look at it. And, I always, and this is something I try to preach for, you know, anybody playing sports is team chemistry is always an important thing because it'll help. It'll definitely help y'all. Or I mean, it'll help the team, you know, get along better, communicate better, and just try to play for each other better as well. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. On so, all those things. So one of the simple questions I was kind of curious to pick your brain about here is, aside from playing at Williams-Brice, what was one of the away stadiums that you enjoyed playing at? Or, you know, or visiting, I should say. Yeah. 
Well, actually got to play in Kentucky the last game of the year and uh, last year. I got to play there. That was a really cool experience. It was a very good state, very nice stadium. Um, everything was top notch, top facilities, nice uh, locker rooms. Everything was top of the line SEC, what you would expect in a uh, Power Five um, football stadium. Yeah, so I think you know. Sorry, I, I had uh, somebody come to my door. Yeah, not, but uh, playing you know playing in Kentucky, you know it seems like it would be a fun stadium to just experience. You know, then you got Georgia, Florida. I'm I'm trying to think of anywhere else off the top of my head. Probably, uh, maybe Vanderbilt or Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, I got to go to Vanderbilt too. That was pretty cool, just the Nashville atmosphere and all that stuff. Uh, but I'd, I'd say Kentucky just because I was actually able to play in that stadium, and it was the pretty much the only away stadium I got to actually play in. Yeah. So that's why I, the experience itself is still one to remember. Yeah, for sure. And and curiosity asked me here, what was it like being on the other side of the Georgia Bulldogs? Because I know you play a game against those Bulldogs. Oh yeah, um, that was that was crazy. Um, huge individuals, man. The offensive line on their on their side was, I mean, my, massive. There was a guy on their on their uh, offensive line. I think he was the left tackle or right tackle one. Dude was like six eight three fifty, and um, I think he was their third string or second string something. They were beating us pretty bad when I got to go in, and. Um, and he was in there still. So he had to be second string or third string. But the dude was still 6'8", 330, massive. Like, the dude was huge. And um, just all their players were what you would expect from a Division One uh, uh, powerhouse like Georgia. I mean, thick, tall, uh, everything in between, you know, what you would expect, fast, hard-hitting. I mean – it was a cool experience just to see that because uh, that was that was uh, a team that was really when I was coming up was really the top notch one of the top notch schools and still is to this day and I mean they're going to going into this year they're one of the favorites to win the SEC so yeah that was a really cool experience seeing that and um, getting to play against those guys. Yeah, and you talk about the, the Bulldogs being the favorites for the SEC this year. I read a thing where they're more than likely adding, I think it's Oklahoma or Oklahoma State and Texas. So what's, what's your thoughts on that? I think it's Oklahoma and Texas. I saw that today too. I want to say it's not until 2025 or something like that because they're still in contract with Big 12 until then. But still, that's crazy to me. I don't know. Just thinking about Oklahoma and Texas too perennial blue bloods and the sport of college football just going go to one of the best conferences in college football, if not the best, in my opinion, the best. Um, it's going to make it that much better and that much harder to win the SEC, you know. Um, I think the way they're going about it and um, doing thinking about all the different opportunities and things, I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes. And um, it, it's going to be different from here on out in college football. I think I've heard 
numerous rumors about other colleges leaving their conferences and things like that. So that's going to be really interesting to see. I'm, I'm, I'm for it, honestly. I don't know. I just want to see some good college football played every Saturday, you know. Yeah, and I think if you bring Oklahoma and Texas into the SEC, that's what you're going to see for sure. And I think everybody kind of is, is surprised to see those those type of schools come to the SEC where that conference gets more challenging. Unlike, you know, I'm a Clemson guy at heart, but yeah, a South Carolina student, you know, the ACC is, it's got that select few, few teams, the, everybody's used to seeing win the conference, then you got the SEC that's changing up every year, you know, with who's winning what. It's it's amazing to see, in my opinion, for the sport of college football. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it's going to be really cool to see how Oklahoma, Alabama, Georgia, all those teams play week in and week out, How who's going to be the top dog, who's going to end up beating the other – perennial powerhouse, the blue blood that that's against them every week. And for sure, it, it should be a, I think this year is going to be fun watching college football with the, you know, more fans back in the stands and things like that. Kind of getting back to the slightest of normalcy here in the world. Yeah, for sure. That was something that I was kind of disappointed in last year. I mean, I know that it was for the better, but not having the full stands, man, that just kind of hurt in the um, atmosphere at williams Bryce. because, I mean, when it's packed, it's, it's loud and it's fun just all together. But it was more of like a spring game, every game, having hardly any fans there. And, I mean, it was just weird, man. Um, it would have been cool to actually get to play in front of a huge crowd, but it didn't work out. So, it is what it is. I don't know. It's maybe – you know, coming along this year for the softball event, we're hoping that maybe that crowd can come down to see the Columbia Air National and make it a full house there. Hey, hopefully so. I'm all for it. So time, time for the cheap, cheap plug. Uh, our friends over at the Hatfield Company in Greenville, South Carolina, they have partnered up with us for this year's event. And so they're doing a 10% off all orders, and they'll match that 10% off where you enter the code SKYTOSOFTBALL. That when you use that code, they'll go towards helping the kids with type 1 diabetes go to Camp Sweet Escape for a lower cost. And we thank our friends over at the Hadflow Company again for partnering up with us. So, uh, Noah, I'm curious to think, uh, just something simple here. Who was your favorite team or and player growing up in NFL? Well, this is a weird one. I was a big um, Jet, I'm a big Jets fan, oddly enough. I don't have a reason, so everybody asks. I just kind of jumped on that. Didn't really want to be the guy who pulled for the Panthers, Braves, uh, all those kind of – Panthers, Braves, Hornets now, I guess you. I didn't want to be that the just normal. I was kind of weird like that. Didn't want to do what everybody else was doing. Wanted to stand out a little bit, so I'm a uh, Jets, Jets, Yankees fan. That's, um, that's different right there because I feel like I feel like you're kind of trying to talk some smack to me. I'm a nah, nah, nah. I'm a, I mean, I'm wearing for those with a uh, 
listening at home, I'm wearing my Braves cap, and I'm usually watching the Panthers every Sunday. So what you trying to say, Noah? Nothing, nothing, man. I'm, I don't have anything against it. I was just, I was just saying, uh, I'm not, I'm not against the Braves. I'm, I would say I pull for the Panthers since they're not playing the Jets. I'm actually going to that game first of the first of the season this year. But um, yeah, I was, I was just wanted to be different. I don't know why. But as far as players, uh, my I played running back and linebacker coming up through, through uh, the ranks, through the little league, little football and rec and all that stuff. So my favorite two running backs were Reggie Bush and LaDainian Thomason. And actually LaDainian Thomason played for the Jets for a little bit. And that was when I started to really watch NFL and pull for them. And then my favorite two linebackers have been uh, Luke Keekley and Ray Lewis. So that's, I just always like those dudes. That's definitely some good things right there. You know, I've actually met Keekley personally before and he was, he was always good to the fans. And I remember when he, announced his retirement, I think it was either last year or the year before, my my jaw dropped. I'm like, there's no way. Yeah, I I, I don't blame the guy, though, just because I'm, right. I'm on, I mean, I'm ending my college career early, kind of not for the same reasons, but somewhat of the same, you know. I kind of understand. You got more life after football, you know. You don't want to, you don't want to ruin later on, you don't want to ruin your life from later on by playing for Something that I mean, could potentially, you know, you don't know what can happen the next, the next play, you know. Yeah, and, and I think more of the reason being though was just for the fact that it came way out of nowhere. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was definitely surprised too, but I didn't blame him. That's all. I, that's what yeah, I was. Getting I, at. I mean, me, I think me and you both, me and you both are in agreement. We, we couldn't blame him, but then yeah, I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Actually. I had chances to meet Thomas Davis earlier this year, which for those listening at home, I might have something up my sleeve in regards to Thomas Davis, but I'll save that for later. Uh, you know, just meeting Davis, he you could just tell he was worn down out of all the years he's played, the ACL injuries. And I think the I think he had like the broken arm or something in that Super Bowl year for the Panthers. And you can still see the scars on his el- or his arm, which amazing. Wow. Yeah. Thomas Davis, I like Thomas Davis too. When he was playing with beside Luke, you know that was a pretty good linebacker core. They were pretty good. He is a, definitely a good leader, good uh, veteran for the Panthers that, that year. They went to the Super Bowl. I, I like I said, I don't pull against the Panthers. I'm actually I actually do pull for the Panthers if they're not playing the Jets. So like that was pretty cool to watch them go to the Super Bowl that year and see that linebacker core do what they did and all. And I think Shaq Thompson will do just fine. You know, being the guy now and he's. You know, he's got guys like, you know, Jace Horn, who played with you in South Carolina. Yeah, uh, big, big big time. That's a big time player right there. He's Dante, you know, I was definitely surprised when we picked Horn. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I think it was a great pick, though. I was kind of surprised by it, too, but I think it was a great pick. Jason yeah, I mean, great he's, he's pick. I was, like, I was just surprised to see a corner that early. Yeah, but I mean, I like it. Yeah, I mean, I was proud of him. He'll be fun to watch, especially. I think he posted something on social media, kind of like how he was wearing number eight in honor of Kobe Bryant. I was thinking, okay, I like this guy already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, who was who was the one? Who was the one teammate that you know? Got you got along with on the 
you know, every day, the one that you could always ask for, like, advice, anything like that? Uh, he's not a real he, – he's not a well-known player. Right? He's one of the guys who walked on with me. The, um, one of the dudes that came in with me he was a third-string kicker, but one of the best hype men that you'll ever meet for as far as, like, cheerleader. Um, wears his heart on his sleeve. He was a kind of guy that um, just kind of was there for you whenever you needed it. And uh, he was there for me pretty much the whole way. His name's Cole Hanna. He wore number 47. He's the kicker, backup kicker. And um, he was – he was. we came in together, like I said, met the first week, and it was an instant connection. We kind of went through all three years hanging out, stayed stayed true, and uh, kind of grew our friendship through that and stuff, through having a common ground and being a walk-on and all those things. Uh, also hung out a lot with Parker White. Parker White was pretty cool. He – um. We didn't get along. I mean, we didn't really talk much that, that much at first, but uh, ended up getting getting along better towards the end of my first year. And then we kind of ended up hanging out more and more as it, as it went on and ended up being really good friends. Um, yeah, there's there's multiple guys I could name in this conversation. Um, Jay Urich was a good friend. I could talk about anything with. Um, he was a backup quarterback. Uh, I didn't really – I wouldn't say that it's just it, – it was just weird that um, – I don't know. There was just different groups, I guess you could say, just because of that. Like I said, the culture just wasn't family. So there were different groups that hung out, you know. How, how it is a lot of times, but still, you know, we, we – I just kind of hung out with, diff, with different people, you know. And um, those are pretty much the two guys that were – in my circle through the whole time, you know, and uh, that I got to uh, go through a lot with and hang out a lot with throughout the years. Right. It's ironic that you mentioned uh, Jay. I've been uh, – about a month or two ago, I started trying to, quote, unquote, recruit him to come play. And I'm still I'm, – I got to go back and look and see, you know, where he stands and things like that. So it's yeah. kind of full circle, basically. Yeah, yeah. So we're coming down the home stretch here. So, no, I'm, I'm curious. What's what's something that you're excited about, you know, coming to be a part of this event for the first time? Uh, this is one of the f first times I've played circuit softball. Not going to lie. I played baseball in high school and all that stuff. So, I mean, I have the fundamentals of playing uh, – sport like this but I've never actually played softball so it's going to be interesting doing that and then also just the charity aspect of it and all the things that come with that I mean I'm all about stuff like that giving back to people in need you know I'm, I'm huge on that kind of thing and it's going to be cool to see all the different like players coming together and from different backgrounds different um places and different sports and things come together and play and that'll be for one good cause you know that'll be really cool to see and um let's just hope I don't strike out any or anything like that you know well just, just to make you feel better it has happened before so you wouldn't be the first if, if it does well, but well, uh, I, didn't, I didn't think I'd be the first I just don't want to be the next <laughs> uh, hey I'm 
you know, having guys like you and uh, Eric Miles, Gage Henson, you know, all coming from, you know, Bu you know, the Buford High School area, or more importantly, Lancaster County, it's mm -hmm. it's definitely amazing to see all these, you know, especially, you know, the guys and girls I've gotten to know through high school and college and kind of other connections I've had a chance to make, you know, all, all come together, whether it's their first time playing such, you know, like you or, you know, this is, I've had guys come for, all, you know, John Kaufman, he's come all eight years now. And it's amazing, you know, just to see how much this thing has grown. And yeah. uh, overall, I, you know, I'm, I'm excited to have you personally, you know, it's going to be a fun time at Columbia International on Saturday, October 9th, for those listening. Uh, so last, my last question is, what are you, what, what excites you about being a part of the organization part of it now? Well, um, what do you mean by that question? If you don't well, mind me what I mean by the organi organization, just, you know, you're, you're becoming a part of what we're trying to do and helping kids with life one. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm really excited about that, dude. I, I, like I said, I'm all about giving back to people in need, you know, trying to, trying to figure out um, things like how I can help and always trying to figure out like things I can do for other people and paying it forward. You know, and I, I feel like um, the rest of my life, I want to be the guy who helps others and um, doesn't expect anything else in return. So anything I can do to help, with things like this, like type one, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say that I'm an expert on it, but I mean, I've, I've been through college, had a bunch of um, exercise science classes and things like that, did projects on diabetes and things like that. So I know how it is and I know how it can be a struggle. I had a really good friend who played on the team with me at Carolina who has diabetes and I know how that can be, how, how um, playing a sport and all that can be and how, uh, managing that and um how tough it can be to be to afford insulin and things like that and uh um be able to compete in sports and things like that so like it's it, it really interests me to be able to do this and um give back to people in need and um pay it forward you know yeah. i think that's what i'm most excited about joining the organization yeah it should be it should be fun uh well well um you mentioned you had a teammate. Who was the teammate? Flay Carroll. Okay, yeah, I remember. I actually met Carroll at one of the uh, fan days events. I think it was gotcha. team. But, uh, you know, one, one other Carolina name that stands out to me, was, and he was diabetic as well, is Elliot Fry. Yeah, um, yeah, I remember Elliot. I remember Elliot being, yeah. Didn't ever get to meet Elliot, but, no, yeah, I remember that. It's always cool to see, you know, diabetics, you know, show that they can, you you can do whatever you set your mind to, despite having a, a disease. It's not going to hold you back. That's why I tell the kids, you know, keep keep pushing what you're and what you're trying to do and accomplish, you know, because it can it can you can achieve so much. And so, lastly, Noah, I want to let you have the floor. Feel free to plug any social media pages where can they find you on social media i'm on instagram i mean noah, noah r vincent on instagram i don't really do much of the 
social media as much as uh, others. So, I mean, follow me if you want to. Follow me if you don't. I don't care. Uh, that's all I've ever, I really got. I don't really care about anything else. Uh, for those listening, go give Noah a follow over on Instagram and the uh, Sky to Softball game at Sky to Softball G. That's uh, on Twitter and Instagram and Sky to Softball game on Facebook. Uh, Noah, thank you again for coming on and doing this. We're excited to have you on Saturday, October 9th. Yeah, man, thank you for having me. I really am excited for it, too. Can't wait for it, bro. It's going to be a fun time. And for those listening at home, thanks again for listening to the Sky to Softball podcast.